Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. The making of this story is what Evans calls the desire to compose the loose. Every alert sentence is also wild sloshing around in an inebriated paragraph-type landscape. Evans' narrator is in control and then less in control, all to emit a vacillating response to calculations of wind in relation to the breathing reader. Many subplots, in other words, are no bigger or smaller story. The disaster could be the future natural ones, loneliness, or feeling vibrations that chart a fine line between imaginary and fictional. The plot is to always be in between having and not having a home. This reality ultimately challenges concepts of ownership of land. Sorry. This reality ultimately challenges concepts of ownership of land as belonging. Instead, we think of land in terms of theft and trespassing in history and in the present. Speak yourself into existence, Ren writes. The story is building a home inside rentals that are falling apart. To build something to lose it, surrender is offered as a form of balance. Bursts of light in the dark, sometimes dressed up as bursts of meaning. The transience is part of the allure. Human touch is an afterthought in withdrawal. Wren describes being a bad swimmer in the unlikely analog of how clothing falls on the body. The food not eaten gets scraped from the plate. Negotiating the risk of loss stretches into building a part within a group of friends where everyone might be a lover. The story is how do you build a different type of family and a different type of bounty. Duct tape won't really make a hole go away. It's just a halfway cover. Guises of edge work. You will meet a narrator who wants to meet the gaping lips of an open, unfinished pipe and whisper something. Cut a hole in the middle of it and tell me, is it an entrance or an exit? The singleness of a hole contends with the plurality of fathoming in it. These are some of the new conflicts in loving a place. Please welcome Ren Edwards. That was a really great introduction. I feel really, um, thank you so much for having me here. I feel um, so grateful that, uh, that I can share this space with you guys. Um, and I'll just pretty much summed up a lot of what I'm writing about. Um, I'm just gonna read uh, three sections. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's, a, it's a, a queer family, a group of queers in the rural South trying to build a home and trying to hold on to land that they don't own. Um, so they're building sort of a secret house in the woods with anticipation of getting, inheriting this land, which in the end they don't. Um, and yeah, I was start. The water diviner, the dowser, no longer needed a divining rod. In fact, he never needed instruments. In fact, he was never needed. He had arrived too late in a lonely place full of information, always close enough to touch, but it couldn't be touched like water could be touched. The sense of water was polarized in his body, in the tissue, near an underground source. There was a slight vibration first in his gut and then in his arms, which caused them to rise at his sides. A why of praise, of involuntary gratitude. To embody the connection, to mark a path to the source. Dowsing was witchcraft, a trick of salesmen, 
And how was he to prove his worth when water veins snaked under every street? The sewer ran from end to end of the city and out to the bay. The sewer set him off, but for this, the vibrations made him nauseous. The sense of a smell is far worse than the smell of the thing. He could never quite explain this. At first, to live near the bay was electric, to be alive at every moment, to have the water calling to you, and then not long after, a dullness. The obsolescence, the fear creates a visible limit, and I struggle against the line. I don't want to go to Clyde's, Charlie said. He made me watch The Matrix last time I was there, and then we had to talk about it for two hours. I just wanted to get high and leave. He could stand to get out in the daylight a little more, I said. What the hell was he like in high school? I don't know. We haven't been in high school for a long time. He sold me pot in high school, too. That's all I know. He still sells pot. At least he's got a job, I said. Clyde's rule was that the pot could never leave the room. He grew it down by the river, and the stuff he had hanging smelled like sulfur, like shit, like riverbed sludge. He slept in a prefab shed behind his mother's double wide. He put in some second-rate insulation that gave the air and the shed a good itch in the nose but helped weather the mild winter. There was one window, a spotless skylight. Everything else was greasy on account of all the French fries and tater tots that he ate. The lights, computer equipment, space heater, and the fry daddy were plugged into an extension cord running from his mother's house. When we turned into the drive, Jackson jerked the gear shift into park and the truck lurched forward then rolled back. Charlie inhaled and let out a sigh. What's your problem, Jackson asked. He's probably in there right now blowing the dust off his X-Files box set. I don't even care about getting high anymore. Come on, Charlie, get over it. We'll be in and out, in and out. It's never in and out. Jackson knocked on the shed door and each, rock rang, and each knock rang tinny with echo. We waited for a minute in silence and cold and the door slid open a crack and revealed a single weary eye. What do you want, he whispered and opened the crack another two inches. The skin on his face was translucent like a jello mold. Hey, buddy, Jackson cooed. We just want to hang out. Just want to hang out. Maybe you want to get us a little high? Hurry up, I'm busy. He grabbed Jackson's wrist and pulled him in. Three computer monitors and a portable television on two folding tables. A flat screen TV in the corner with red and yellow wires snaking out to the middle of the floor. He listened to the universe. He believed in aliens. Sometimes he called them angels. I like that. His abduction story was static. No, really, when they came for him, they were a body of sound, an elastic, bound, an elastic band of static impulses. He was awash in the body of them, of the sound. I believed him. It's hard enough to get off the grid, much less live inside it tucked away like an antibody in nature and not expect guest. Three sofas in the shed and a broken square with a low coffee table in the middle, all of them buried below piles of unfolded laundry. A brindle-haired pit bull roamed among the furniture like a ghost. There could have been more than one. The room spoke in layers. Strings of white lights shone in constellation on the wall opposite the door. The other lights came from monitors, the sound system and its fluctuating bars, and a soundless measure, and over that a blanket of static that quoted corners of space without name. Jackson walked into the center of the room holding a dusty alien mannequin around the waist. The skin glowed green, but obviously not as green as it did when it first arrived. It had these teardrop black eyes directed down the slope of a noseless countenance. Art Bell came over the radio and Jackson raised the volume. Clyde's skinny fingers slowed at separating. He was listening to an old coast-to-coast -coast broadcast. 
He had the shows recorded on cassette tapes. This was the one about hollow earth, the land inside of the earth, and it smacked of separatism. There was always a caller who talked about shadow people on every show. A guy called in to ask about the figures in his peripheral vision at night when he was alone. You know, those people who are like negatives of photos, he said. Then Art Bell interrupted, did you listen to the show last night? You're talking about shadow people. We're always talking about shadow people. These are ill-defined creatures. They live in the corner of your eye. They come and go. I guess they are a part of us. Hey, Clyde, why are you so obsessed with this one, I ask. He looked at me while he unrolled a Ziploc bag. Art Bell spoke, and the things he said began to exist at the very moment he said it, even though he said it six years earlier. I mean, do you really believe in this stuff? This other world inside this world stuff? Shadow people, I ask? Clyde gestured his hand to take in the whole room. Tell me something you believe in. Shadow people. They're like aliens mixed in with human beings. We've named them for a lack of a better thing, the mark of a thing that follows it. Jackson kicked the mannequin's leg at the mannequin's legs at Charlie poking her in the back. Gender bender polar bears in Finland and Greenland. You'll recall the canary in the coal mine. They fall belly up. Hey, look, Charlie, it's got no junk. Jackson waved his hand over the alien crotch. You've got no junk, I said. Charlie plopped on a couch. More than you can handle. He held the alien around the waist and attempted a sloppy, sexy two-step. He cupped his hand under the alien's crotch, rubbed his palm up and down, and said, What's wrong, Charlie? Does this freak you out? <laughs> his lip curled up, and his cat tooth shone like a nickel in his gums. She said, You're the fucking freak. Put that thing down. He flipped the alien over in the crook of his elbow and raised a free hand to smack the ass, or the ass would be, but found only a gaping hole. It's like a pajama ass flap back here. He shoved his hand in and paraded the alien among us, above our heads. This here is Clyde's ass puppet. <laughs> Clyde remained slouched over his work. Charlie ripped the alien from Jackson's pumping fist and threw it on the mound of blankets on his bed. Art Bell said it was paradise, a garden of Eden inside the earth. Dallas Thompson said, the whole itself is actually a dimensional realm. Well, it's actually a whole too, but it's also a dimensional portal. Jackson fi Jackson's fist remained mid-pump, his jaw gaped. Why are you such an asshole, Charlie asked. Jackson's expression broke, and he looked at his feet and then at the alien body, whose leg had since fallen off, and said, I'm not an asshole, Charlie. He cocked his head in a small, sweet voice, said, I'm an ass puppet. Clyde looked up from his work with a tight joint between his lips. I held out my lighter to him. He ignored me and took the joint from his mouth. Dallas Thompson, following in the footsteps of Admiral Byrd, is going to find a hole up in the North Pole and descend into it in a personal craft. Charlie gagged. Did you ever think that he couldn't find it because Hollow Earth is really a lesbian separatist colony? And every time the search party gets close, they set off the alarm, put up the invisibility cloaks? Jackson bellowed, man on the land! Clyde left the shed, which is usually how the night ends. Art Bell questioned, how do you know all of this? I just do. I remembered stuff that has been forgotten. Are you manic? I'm just excited. I can tell. Years before on the eve of Y2K, I came home to find T planing down a shitty piece of 2 by 4 to fix the kitchen counter. It was all splinter and become a delicate line. He was good at fixing things. He was building a new house inside the old one as it fell apart. 
I imagine the walls of the trailer would fall to the ground and inside would be a bigger, better house. I ask, what's gonna happen to all your, what's gonna happen to all your hard work when the world ends tomorrow? You know, God didn't call Noah to build that ark. He saw what needed to be done. He knew it was coming. Disaster eats away at the edges and you can feel the chewing if you're open. Noah was a survivalist. I mean, maybe he did feel called by God, who's to say? Dude was a total doomsday prepper. Anyway, T started, it wasn't about being good or wicked or the grace of God. It was about envisioning the world to come, the world you want, about making your family and protecting them from the storm. It was about making sure you had a place in the new world. What's the new world? It's what comes after. The disaster is the moment you realize that everything after will be different. A new space opens and what you did during the moment of it will mark your time after it. It doesn't stop, is not singular. Disasters are stacked on in, reproduce, one births, 10 more, entwined like blood vessels. This is our body, stand witness, testify. Part of me thought the world would fall into darkness at the stroke of midnight. We filled the bathtub with water but failed to clean it first. The cesspool of our safe water did little to reassure us of our survival. But not one of us had the energy to clean the tub and redo it. It would sit for two days until we could be sure that the world wasn't ending. T thought that something as big as the end of civilization might take a few days to get started. And this is a different section. Charlie said to me, I think I'm lonelier on the days that you are here with me, but that's not the end of the world. The end of the world is something different entirely. We made a list of sex dreams. One, half dead fish in the floor of a boat, covering our feet, all facing the same direction. Blinking, the fish have beautiful eyelashes. Two, a barn of bodies dancing in mass, throbbing amoeba of body parts. Jackson appears in a lab coat, naked underneath and quotes, Rubbin's racing, and is transformed into Robert Duvall from Days of Thunder. Three, a 10-gallon bucket of dildos under the trailer's spigot. The pump's been broken for months. Four, pulling ribbons from a beautiful wound in my throat and tying your ankles together. Five, the house we built together but left unfinished. I walk through it in a trance and inspect every floor joist, exposed and damp from rain, the O of the unconnected pipes. Six, a porcelain teacup falling slowly from a table and breaking against the kitchen tile. Seven, watching a small-headed bobcat rise from a carcass, flesh passing over in the fact of its mouth a cloying yawn, fur stained with blood. Eight, the one where I woke with six extra hands and rolled over to you who thankfully had not changed. Nine, the book cover of a Confederate novel that my mother told my grandmother was the dirtiest thing she'd ever read, the jacket covered in painted branches of weeping willows framing a woman's body, a woman because of its element of heaving. The object breathes like the television set in Videodrome, with Blondie's lungs and a hinged paper body quivering under James Wood's hands. The VCR wants to gossip at the fence. 10. The one where you waited for me at Coney Island and a stranger in a hard hat said Hank Williams Jr. had died. And we thought a moment on what that meant for us. I worried it meant the beach wouldn't exist when we got to it. And it might as well not since it was January, snowless but ashen white. One bird, only one bird, and because of this bird, you thought it would be a good idea to get naked, which I wouldn't do, and I thought you understood that. 
I thought you understood that I was still shuddering with the resonance of losing my hands, and then I woke up with my fingers inside my own mouth. 11, a length of days stacked on end, utterly ordinary. And this is the beginning of another section. Um, in the beginning, there was sameness. A lack of distinction approached the eyes in the same sense as darkness. The earth was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It was a view from a boat in the middle of the gulf, and the sky and the water is of the same color. And water is just that, water without the body that forms it. Think of steam rising from a white gray space, but even that didn't come until later. I would say emptiness, but how to define emptiness? The shape is burned from another's abundance. There was always something, there was always something before, even if it was just the long outtake of breath before speech. There was a presence to lay one moment after another, until a language formed to lay one word after another, and roads to link one home to another, and maps to not give us direction, but let us know we were there in relation, until there, were, until there was us, bound with elastic distance, coming together and falling apart. We built our house board by board. It had been a year since we leveled the ground, uprooted trees, dug the foundation, then dug it again uphill after it flooded the first time. The progress slowed. T left and this time didn't come back. Charlie's mother died eight months in and left our land to Charlie's brother, who I didn't know existed until he showed up with a surveyor. I could smell the sawdust from the main road. The house was a secret, a long-held whist long whistle filtering through the trees as a whisper. Had it been visible from the road, each board, be each board would be erased as it was laid. We made this thing because we were scared of having a home, and we were scared of not having a home. The night before our eviction, we walked the road to the neighbor's trailer at the catch of the dead end. They were away visiting family in Kentucky. Charlie said, watch for cars, and ran full force into the backyard. She cut a straight, unhesitant line. She'd done this before. The motion light struck with the whiteness of trailer corner. The head of an ax, blade buried in the crown of a log lit up. I couldn't see the trampoline until she leapt upon it, sliding across the nylon on her belly, and the give of it, the bounce caught moonlight. We wrestled each other to the mat, felled each other with sloppy drop kicks. I realized that none of us had touched each other in days. Jackson clutched my head in the crook of his arm and brought us interlocked to the mat. The salted sweat of his armpit stung my eyes. Creation myths begin with an act of trespass. No world was made by drawing divisions. To speak oneself into existence is to cross the line. Jackson and I climbed up to the roof of the trailer hoisting up the stoop's railing and window ledge. The tar paper roof slick from a rain I couldn't remember, shone dimly under the moon's slack light. He hooked the ring of, a ha of half a six-pack of country club through his belt loop and adjusted it like a mountain climber fussing at his ropes. I scraped both knees on the way and was a bloody mess by the time I laid on my back. Below, Charlie floated on the black nylon with her hands behind her head before she made her way up to the roof with us. The final week, we no longer slept in the trailer, but on the ground or in the back of the truck, twice with discomfort on the unfinished concrete floor. We woke wet and aching in the white light of mid-morning with the unquestioned task of finishing the house. Each task bled into another until I realized that I had been hammering at the roof tiles for a full day with nothing much to show for it. Every driven nail would be removed, every piece of concrete crushed. We swam in the pond, 
we attempted to consume every fruit from the trees. We built hidden altars to be found in the new world. We jumped in the water until it felt redundant. A pier jetted from the grass and dipped floppy into the water. Charlie built it a decade before and it was shoddy, but sturdy, a prosthetic desire reaching over the water. Above the surface, a flock of birds coasted in an elastic mesh of wings. Charlie squatted on the pier and surveyed the pond. She rose like the red in a thermometer, slowly manipulated by the landscape. Her feet slapped the wood as she took three steps and sprinted to the end of the pier, leapt from the last good plank, the rest thwopping like rubber, pulled her knees into her chest and hit the water. First the sound of a palm slapping skin, and then the water lapping against the support beams of the pier planks like the fingers of a meditative hand thrumming against the wood then falling in a slow whoosh back into itself. Between silence and sound, not quiet, not unquiet, the kinetic pulse of before movement, potential, electric, flat-footed desire, farmer tan line of the mid-bicep, cut-off jean shorts fringing against the thigh, spring-loaded tendons and the loosening muscles of the shoulders and surrender, coming up, for coming up for air, going down for silence, the compression, a sense of self-presence. I was a bad swimmer, I struggled against the line. On the third day, God said, let the earth bring forth grass and trees and plants to yield seed. Can you see the struggle in that? The seed and the fruit, sustainable design. We can't even get that right, and we didn't even make it. Then came the sun and the moon and the stars so we could locate ourselves, cleave the space with marks of constellation, and then the creatures and then us, in God's own image. We were unfallen and given dominion. Don't you think that's weird? Don't you think it's weird that you were meant to fail? We stretched, we stretched out with our heads to the feet of one another on the roof. I thought of the shape we made from above. If tea were there, we could have been a box to a bird. Crickets cricked in a rhythm so standard, so methodical it felt insomniatic, with a suspicion that its source was my own body. I heard a far-off, steady crunch in the gravel. It could have been a car, I thought. It was a dead end. The turbulence passed through me the way I would pass through a doorway and feel the moment the air changes. Something uncertain, unknown, rises to the surface. Did you see headlights? Charlie stretched out her legs and knocked the last beer from the roof. We heard the can explode against the steps and the beer spill out in foamy gasp. What the hell are we going to do now, I ask. What the hell are we going to do, Charlie said. Every time the day is over, I feel like it's the end, that I'm one day closer to not existing. Where will we live? By the end of the day, by the end of the day, you could draw your hand right through me. How could there ever be a future where no one sees you when you're disappearing? I meant, what are we going to do about the beer, about there being no more beer, I said. Okay, it's time. Jackson rolled over and hung his head off the ledge. Time for what, I asked. He pushed himself up with his elbows and curled his toes off the overhang. His hands clasped together in the act of prayer or diving as he bent his knees. Yeah, I don't think that's such a good idea, Jackson. He dropped his empty can onto the roof and took three goofy-footed steps toward the edge, the fourth step disappearing. His, leg, his legs flopped erratic, grappling with the gathering of air underneath, jumping frog, graceless. His whole body went clean through the black nylon, like it had entered deep water without splash. A dull thud came from the other side. Charlie and I scrambled from the roof. When we inspected the trampoline fabric, the hole was the size of a saucer. How the hell, Charlie asked, this is at least half the size of that boy's head. She ran her finger around the rip. You okay? 
Jackson was still lying on the ground under the trampoline like a crumpled up idiot. He raised his hands up through the hole and said, I just don't want to die. I smacked his hand back down through the hole. Charlie said, you'll die at your own hand before any serious thing has the chance to kill you. What are we going to do? What do you mean, what are we going to do? We're going to go home, and we're going to pretend that we didn't come over here, I said. Hell we are. We're going to fucking fix this hole. You're going to fix this hole, she said to Jackson. How am I supposed to do that? There's some duct tape in that toolbox on the back steps. They can see it if you put duct tape on it. I'm going to put it on the bottom of it until I can figure out how to really fix it. I don't want it to get any bigger. She balanced her butt on the springs and spoke to the hole. We're leaving, his head, po his head popped up through the fabric. We don't have to fix anything. The slow unclutching of ripping nylon met his rising shoulders. We could set fire to this whole place. I could jump through every tramp trampoline in the county. He threw his hands up in the air. And why does every poor fuck in this county have a trampoline anyway? The motion light lit up and caught him torso deep in the cartoon hole. The rooms in our house touch each other, fit against each other without hallways. Hallways were an afterthought. The walls don't exist yet. We, bu we built half a house without a way to move through it apart from going through each room. Our house would be a nest of chambers. They would fill and flow into the other. I walked through the structure, passed through the walls, ran my hand along the beams. Light spread across the floorboards. If the beams were the ribs of this house, then between the ribs would be light. Is the attempt to make a limit still a limit if it is a failed attempt? Heart, liver, lungs, we will live that close. We will build a door in every wall and every surface that can be cut. The door of the unanswered question. How did we get here and where will we go? Cut a hole in the middle of it and tell me. Is it an entrance or an exit? If we are building a space for ourselves, why does it feel like every motion we make erases the thing we made? We count it down days until we hit zero. On the sixth day, bodies burned forth like the gem from the flame or the flame from the sword. In the beginning, there was longing. What is longing, we ask? It's the need at the center. If it burns hot enough, if it becomes singular, aligns for a moment, then it becomes itself or the object of itself. It comes back to bodies, to giving a shape, hands to reach a mouth, to fold around words, eyes to drink in the vision, asked by the spirit and the surface of which to be touched, a pronunciation of want. I think in the beginning we did not just touch with a hand to an arm, but with all of our surface to all of another. It was T's idea to build the house, to build it when no one was looking, and then it would be as if we had always been there, and now he's gone. When I asked him where he learned to build things, he never answered. He rarely talked about the past unless he was creating a structure for the present. The structure was the building of the house, or the building of a story, and he was in there hammering away, sawing off the end of the thing, or tightening the pipes in the belly of the thing. His hands are in the story right now, sanding down the curve of a creation myth, saying you have to create the world you want to see. Speak yourself into existence. We waited out our last day on the boards that were to become a deck, laid out in its shape, bundled in sleeping bags, hands shoved in pockets, thinking of empty holsters against the end of the world. Morning struck around us, brought the distinction of that which was ours and that, and that which was everything else. This land would be our witness. We were passed from it. The house had grown from floor joist, support beams to ceiling rafters. It was being raised and marked each day we had left. I recognized the kitchen, plumbing extended from the only wall, rising between floor joists. I never wanted to leave. 
the O of the unconnected pipes. I wanted to whisper into their mouths. Thank you. Atemporality is a myth, writes jo Joey De Jesus. In the poems of his I read online, such potentially mythical beings as wild beast, the hunter, the bovine, midnight fullness, and my wife are given instead as measures of raw material, as his, their, her stories witnesses by grain and straw the informal recorders of real life and death by the counted or uncounted seconds which become seeds reasserted as time signatures agitating in the house of myth. In the manner of a cacophonous flood, a name, a nameless, one can only begin in the middle when attending to distorted histories of alienation, trauma, and loss, when pacing a path leavened with afterbirth, where one is forced to begin again and again what linearity lacks patifors to a squall of lingual riches and multidimensional foment. For better or for worse, the unsung subjects of Joey's mud trails and greening flesh can count on this. As in the land God made in anger, where hooked wait a bit thorns mange skin, belated mixings of doom and rage of longshore drift make a tremor a gift, the forcibly contained meets the cut open, spilled over, and danced abjection. With a studied disassembly, you can't weigh your mooring rope around this waste calamity, he writes. He writes, if I can't have my narrative then as wraith, as hoopia, as ice, shapeshift, sibilant, and reptilian, I will be the nothing white writers find everywhere. Please welcome Joey de Jesus. That, that was amazing, thank you. Um, it's a real honor to be reading here. Um, this place, and I'm like not one for legacy, but this place has an incredible legacy. And it's, when I was asked, it was really moving. So I'm gonna wing it. <laughs> I like don't know what I'm reading. <laughs> I, but I feel like you heard, you've like heard echoes of them already, some of them, I'm sure. That was really beautiful. I really appreciate that intro. Um, slow magic. And this is for um, someone who's no longer here. If I can conjure you back with the mad eye of animal earth, then I will have no equal. If the February moonset smells of burnt brushwood, if I've treated the day's wound with butterfly stitch, if uncomfortable in my own darkening nakedness, then fan palm and puff adder's threat, a whiff of burnt plastic, a swig from a half pint of whiskey. If Steenbach beef bottlenecks in its throat, then the cat is seeker swaddling a corpse fawn. Then a rustle in the spear grass, the names for various acacia in English, the weight a bit waddle that clings to our clothing, the brack or ankle thorn, the fever tree or white thorn, the paper bark thorn, the whistling acacia and the wind that fifes through its thorn chambers, producing a cadence that scatters into blank exclamatory like warthog's fat with the night grief. 
Rogue winds lift as they canvas savanna, carrying with them our sweat over dirt road crossings carved from grass by repeat offenses, over the ranger's camp and tourist lodges, paved macadam and cordon fence, across the changes in terrain type of these Zambesian plains to the baobabs eternal in their heft. Among the riverine ruts, a sausage tree, that perfect metaphor for virility, begs relief from its own dead limb. Seed pods of the candle thorn, flame acacia, the blue thorn, the empty can of kidney beans above the ash pit, the charred stack of wood astute in our ordinary speech about how the springboks seem more skittish, more thrum in the salt sedge, or how despite thirst wildebeest come across a carcass and move on as if no mistake was ever made. I wanted to imagine us into this poem, all civet mischief in the land of honey, two short-lived shadows cast by flashlights against a canvas tent, but you are the absence I voice, the soldier termite and chemical strategies for colony defense, palmettos in a pit latrine. I was a grass woman weapon in a dark glade, laughing a lactic lungful until the meadow swathed in starlight, lit with the integrity of daybreak. I draft these words for every regret I have ever failed to articulate, elements joining with me now, increasing like power from the soles of my feet. <sighs> so that was like about, I like used to live in like Botswana. There were a lot of animals around. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Tracking the wildebeest. For real. <laughs> Ghost. Dogwood floorboards unlock my listening hush of chrome, the O of a barrel cocked, or the O in opaque, or a whole no, no offerings, as uh, for demoniac renown, crowned like power over on top. O blindfold open sweep, O aphotic, I am open, I am nothing. Oh, this one's for you. You. <laughs> Calling her out. There you are. I like wrote a poem for my other sister who's not here. And then you were like, where's my poem? <laughs> so I wrote this poem for my sister um, when she was like, before she was going off to college, because I was like freaking out, just like college. She's going to college. Ah. I remember college. Ah, uh, you all know. <laughs> so I was like, this is my like warning poem. Warning, Victoria. <laughs> She's already been there. Um, so uh, I was like reading something on the internet or whatever, and something else popped up, and I saw this um, thing that like. Oh, actually, no, that's not, that's a lie. It was from uh, Christian Book, Bach, Book, whatever that's called. Um, he uh, posted a link to that the flag, saying that the flags on the moon had faded from all the like UV radiation, like those American flags, like America. That's now a, a white flag because of all the solar radiation, which is, I thought, quite incredible. So I wrote about that in this warning. Warning, America. <laughs> oh, the only thing you need to know maybe is that our home periodically floods. And so this is about like, I'm writing about this like flood moment. Do you really want me to go there? 
recreate that morning on the floodplain exact in opalescence, how you, at the kitchen island, brooding over a bowl of silk pioneered quietude, while the lawn's red dying ward slow against maggot medicine, how the last sizable snow still waged against the jeep's rusting undercarriage, how the ice was on the move and soon there would be flooding and we knew it. The grackles ransacked sop sod for seeds so fe feverishly it made the hills lift up their arms to articulate a grief that could not wait. Suet eater, seed spitter, berry skin, hadn't I been dreaming we'd labored miles on a lion's back, sister and I? Hadn't we dusted our eyelids dark, lacquered our claws to the lilac goddess just as rock salt hit the ground and scattered? The wood, didn't it curl like centipedes confronting cold water, or was that me? Oh, the sky will cost us our boys. Oh, ammonia in the air like a ghost that is not our patriarch. Broken sump pump garbling mold and insecticide spray. Is this the world in spite of us? The moon smiling its white idiocy, how danger busted right in through the back door like a steel trap hungry for our limbs. How I wonder about the trajectory of your life. Teenage sister, this is to you, both non-white and woman. How am I supposed to warn you? Where would I begin? Hang on, girl, the journey. <laughs> As I eat this. All right, I'm just gonna like go. I'm not keeping track of, oh my God, time. <laughs> I'm just gonna go and then I was gonna show you something else, but I don't know how I'm gonna do that now, but I'm gonna try. Self-portrait as queen of adders. You've sighted me among red lechway lunging over waterlogged weeds, my snarl a curl slurring psalms of a Makoro Sunday. I am that claw or that hook in that mouth, that full rot hole, that venomous root. I am metal in the sole of your Durashock boot, a body toggling after an asp's mass of fiends, heathen me lurching low in the lichlands, slaloming for meat. I am the flintlock, the long fang harpooning through air, the snare kept and coiled on the battlefront hoplite in scalemail this merciless gab, both ghost raid and drone war, this star garnet crown. This whipcord in longhand is me as a snake, the charmer, the wrangler, the rat. Those two are me, and the slipknot, and the bullet. Thanks, girl. Whew. Malignant catarrhal fever. So when I, I lived in Kenya, too, and um, uh, outside of Nairobi, um, there's this uh, corridor where wildebeest have essentially been trapped or fenced in, and it causes a lot of problems for people who live there because like the, like the tourism industry is very hard to go up against when you're you know, a rancher out in rural Kenya. Um, and the reason is that when the wildebeest give birth, so the cattle graze among the wildebeest, and when the wildebeest give birth, their placenta poisons the grass. So cattle develops what's called malignant catarrhal fever. Learning moment, bio. Um, and it's like mad cow disease. And so people lose their entire, lose their entire livelihoods um, because of this, uh, they can't, the, the cattle can't eat. Malignant catarrhal fever. 
I heard the dying cow hum its white song, make me strong. I'm a stick-thin grassland ranch man pacing a path leavened with afterbirth. Tin canteen manacled to my hip, straw boss of this bum-rush glade. We measure our Januaries in loss. My wife and I, she is like this meat, just a pile of trails and stink. Was that a wildebeest in the bush or was it her heaving through bramble? Curse the bovine's black eye, the swatting at flies. Curse the fighting, how it mixes our blood. I was born an act of battle, a man of a man, and a woman who gnaws at a hangnail while tending a stew of tendons, congealing as it cools. I might skip that one. That one's all about how, like, people like Alex Sinatrak come to New York and then write about poems about New York, and you're like, you know, don't worry. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm not going to be shady up here. Um... East Chester Bay. Oh, Dad. Ding. <laughs> East Chester Bay, ending with an offering. Now to waterscape, I am escaping. Now to hooking bunker in the stern. The cooler full with blue fish flop. The forearm sequined in brood spume scale. And here stands I, darting minnows, fishing with my child in our porgy spot who tails angling boys, thinks bait and tackle. The sea did good to starve him alive. The tongue did fix to good fillet knife. Two-fingered spirit of trawling gut, I will give him back. I will teach him how a single line beleaguers dark water, whose fiend soul is bigger than us all. My dad used to take us fishing. All right, so these are fun ones, lipograms. But if I'm on, if I'm like killing this time thing, just somebody say, "Get up, let's go to the bar." Like, just get out, like stop. Like if I'm taking too long. All right, I'm gonna read a couple lipograms. Uh, have you heard that one? You've heard that one, right? All right, I'll just read them. Whatever. Um, the first one is uh, uh called. It's, it, I took all the letters in the word crocodile and I wrote a poem about a crocodile, <laughs> um, or crocodiles, and. Um, I like use some stupid words. Like cladoic is like in its egg stage, then, but it's used for reptiles. So when I found that, I was like, oh my God, that's cool. I'll work with that. So this is all, all of these words are made of uh, letters from the word crocodile. I crocodile. I crocodile, I cool licorice or loco, or I docile, coddled, clay doic, icicle core. I do cold deed, I red rolled, O circle, dire eye, I drool, dead oil drilled. Orc lord, I old, or eroded, I older relic, colored cleric, I idolic, I cried, O idol, O lore. Oh God, how long does this go on? Um, Hurricane Amelia. No. The sonnet. Rubbernecking. 
Construction workers over their jackhammers and pipe fitters in the hole, beside sludgy snowbanks on the highway, blackbirds cling to the last of the reeds. Or was that the cast of the road, black, the hill heaving timber as traffic lags, or the men lugging like trucks their hulls of lead along the snowway? This is my pipe, my hammer, these men of block and knob who strum the curb all fort and fit. If fitter, I'm fodder flanked as a strop, like wood by worm that clings to sludge so high on some jack and heaving. I'm blackbirds in a hole. The thing is that these poems are all like really like, they take like, I just like wrote them when I was so angry and I'm not angry right now. <laughs> so it's like, I gotta be angrier. And I'm just chilling. <laughs> it's a great reading. Those images, the fish, all in one blinking with the eyes, the lashes, that was incredible. I was like, ooh, I felt it. it was, that was really good. Your imagery was amazing. Um, let's try this one. I, uh, okay. Catalog. Menly, <laughs> Victoria's laughing at me. Many manly men, manly men in menswear, many men swear, manly men swear. Fuck, men wear pinstripes and paisleys, manly man o man, man o man a manly man, manly men align their ties, many men tie the knot. One love man, two parts and three part suits. Mmm, a pair of pants on a manly man, manly men eating pears. Juiced. Many pairs of men on the prairie line their clothes on clothing lines, pin a pair of socks up. Many men in line line up, many men in pairs in line. So many men aligned, allied clothes, church, churched out. Many men in church clothes getting married. Ma many married men press clothing for the press. Two married men in Massachusetts dance. Two men line dance a last dance, pin a boutonniere to pinstripes. How do I catalog a line? A man's chest, chestnut, man arms, men at arms, many armed, man o' war, man down, man up. I love a manly man suited up, a suitor with a cold heart, a suit of hearts. I might move on to something. All right. They're just so angry. <laughs> Hurricane Irene. <laughs> no, I think I'm just going to skip to the. I wanted to show you something else. I'm going to make that work somehow. Um. Bigger than the moon, maybe I'll feel it. If I still feel it, then it's still a good poem. If not, I gotta edit it. That's how I'm gonna do this. Where's the pencil? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all of you. I'm a clown. <laughs> I'm not a poet, I'm a clown. Bigger than the moon. This is a poem where I say no and you go and do it anyway. Last night spun into Sunday in this, another city on the coast, car door slam, bastion. Now I'm on the corner of Marcy and DeKalb. Black cassette tape hanging from a street lamp flays the air with each gust. All that I love is reduced to inkjet dots. Will my friends understand? Warmest winter solstice, and I'm not feeling it. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. 
Vorpal Neptune's in my gut, and the open sky tilts itself, and I won't last if the rains keep. Think of a bobcat in a foothold trap, limb dissociation in chimpanzees. The meeting of two lower lips pawing like fire, big moon overhead. Red candle wax pools on linoleum floors, waste, that's the thing. Even meteorites exact, exact in their plots dissolve into common elements. I'm making mistakes and goodbyes are final. Now to the beach to wade into the same terrible ocean, dry ourselves with the same matted tattle, towel. I humiliate myself with each poem, death spell, toxic Venus, toxic Venus and verbs. I read the journals, poets lie, hoopoos juggle, juggle trisyllabic song across bramble. Some of us cast magic, some of us cast stones, trophies ghosting one or two lines. I'd like to leave this, this clapping repeat, I'd like to leave this, abandon the confines of the body now, this moon is crashing down. It's making its contact lowness and lowering halo. I want to be all flare and solar prominence, loose strife set to the mountain, because holy is bigger than the moon, because Jesus is in my name, and there is work to be done. Okay. Can you handle one more thing? <laughs> so the projector, we need to project down a little bit. That's okay, you just need to know that this is happening. I've been getting like a lot of, okay, so I like opened my fucking mouth and have been um, like, okay, so there's like some buffoonery happening. And I like made this like, around. Um, <laughs> um, so like I did an erasure. Uh, uh, I've been working on this erasure for a long time. Um, that's the visual. So I put this really, sh am I on a mic? It's great. It's a great book. I published it. But it's a shitty book. It's a shitty book that sells a lot and it's like all about like black magic and it's all about demons and the language of it, I, I found it when I was uh, over, like, as I learned of the Darren Wilson testimony, and I had been reading, um, I rereading double, like, the I guess the first part of W.E.B. Du Bois, the double consciousness, and there were some other things that, texts that I was, like, engaging with, and so I took this book and I've been performing this erasure of it, um, to sort of invent as like a way of being like uh, as a, a way of interrogating my own double consciousness and my own sort of internalized white supremacy. <laughs> and so these images Through talk, I annihilate the desire to succeed. Ritual dominated my thoughts. I delved into moon, felt alien, indeed intent on a vision quest in vain. There's something you'd like to change in your life. I have a face so dark and primal, ancient fuel. Embrace your unseen, mold desires. What imaginations dream up will, f what imagine, 
what imaginations dream up will form in the physical. Visualize the environment, event control, altered state ecstasy, catch falling ash, miraculous change. I ether into couplet most nights. I shatter the, pa the expected to shatter the page. Sorry, I'm like a little parched somewhere. Part primal, believe this between light and dark. You, a different chaos. Our existence, it doesn't caress us at our every distress, reflections of little God's abandonment. Coming through the night void, night hinted at the creator, the field through which your God of circles shivers you numb with its cold eon. Cardinal points in your body, in your solar plexus, is a sphere crackling with intensity, a sphere push it, this dark sphere, dark space forever you. Reaffirm the inside you. This is the true center. Take a deep breath like a misty wind into palm prayer. Rub, the, rub them heat and skin swish, hand of the west. Deep breath once again. Your solar plexus, your throat, your tongue. Feel the wet cosmos. Again, this breath electric. Mass center of listening, dark in an excited state. Warnings, whispers, rustlings of unidentifiable you. Take the night. Inhabit Leviathan. You stand in your willpower. You seek the vast of ancient intelligence to create change despite our physical bodies. The boundary of consciousness is mundane, this is certain. The magnitude of a spirit appears before you. This entity acts basic. Desire burns sigils representing an uncanny connection to the unseen all. The alphabet of desire was a puzzle relevant only to your hidden trick mind. The alien look of you, latent as blades that penetrate silence. To the forefront, we power. <sighs> so like these feelings of, I guess alienation have obviously like affect like the way one engages with their own sexuality. Liberation, good boy meets good boy paradigm. What a wonderful accomplishment, sex polarizes bodies, be night kind, prowl now, your goal is germinating sentence fragments. Your sex is small redundant letters, rearranged pronounceable, in your chest becoming your spine, little electricity. Feel your swollen size, your core phrase of power, your thighs, your belly, phrase with intensity, your genitals, charm and gamble routine. You are ho-hum, you're a fool wish for untimely death with a lowercase d, humdrum to a long-term partner. Smoke feels mystical but notorious, just the orgasm, the excitement of you, you cheat. Mystic odd numbers befits threesomes, you and your partner suffice. Something special is happening, I encounter time and really care. Go bareback, speak fiction, ritual to fuel sinister contact, a reddish nothing, you can be handy. You slip away as if keeping one secret phrase of power phrase, mental drift, the heart dark sphere. Your cheating is never foolproof, club night, mating dance with all its pitfalls. Forbidden, forbidden. So like these are all like out of this shit. This is, we can get notes going. I don't even trust any of this. No, I'm not gonna even read that one. Divination. It is now a man appropriates our safe space for speaking to experience. Typical lamp labyrinthine rock, a small lamp sear within, begins bold divination from distorted reflections, mirror or shiny metal, incubation, you are you yourself. 
You, waxing in darkness, are perfect. Begin in the dark possible. Begin in the dark listing. You are walking in a dream to the gate of whispers. Relic, come you name of the deceased. Full rush of the free hand. Imagine a ring in the illuminated darkness. Imagine backtracking urgency, this dark mass unknown. The dream of an oddity, the spec, no, 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 I'm not gonna read that one. Two more. Thanks for putting up with my crazy. The threshold, the threshold of madness. Forbidden faceless you, does it taboo this subject, this book without owner? Forbidden this book, I unmake in hushed whispers, as if to curse a thought so thick and heavy, ghost shell, pulp page, I could never stay sane, how could I? Oddity of identity that I is, Import, unimportant am I. While my soul's soul dark, the eons change, rage. Imagine the good god of madness banging at hand your intervention. We all needed a little help. Our self-preservation blue guardian is a satellite orbiting fire. The road before you is dark, shadow, astral shadow. A word will form your night alarm. Oop when the state quickly comes to take your name. Thanks. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org. 